not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight as we talk about another episode of Gundam Build Fighters. And joining me tonight are three of my fellow Fanholes. Why don't you give a shout out, guys? Hey, it's Mike. Hey, it's Justin. What's up guys? This is Tony. Are you sure it's not Codename T? Codename C. Chainclaw. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what we're going to talk about tonight. We're talking about episode 14, which is titled Codename C of Build Fighters. I guess I'm just going to get into the blow-by-blow -blow synopsis right away. The episode opens up on kind of a flashback of Isla and kind of how she came to be involved in the Gunpla tournament. We can see her kind of chatting with her handlers, like, quote-unquote, as I quote-unquote, even though you can't see it because we're on a podcast, but I quote-unquoted handlers, her handlers. See, I just did it again, handlers, <laughs> see? Anyway, I'm quoting it. Uh, I'm I like quoting the handler. Uh... <laughs> 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 wow, yeah. Hello. Awesome. So uh, don't 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 get locked up for that, okay? Anyway, so so uh, basically, it, it's kind of detailing how she came to be involved in the gunpla tournament, and now in the present, of course, after the revelation from last episode, or at least the rev the revelation to her from last episode that Reiji is a Gundam pilot and he is participating in the world tournament it seems like she's researching him much more heavily now and you know she's wondering to herself like what reiji's reason could possibly be for wanting to be involved in the gunpla tournament and then she quickly declares that he would lose against her anyway so i guess she doesn't really care too much about his reasons she just kind of is musing on it probably because she kind of she probably likes him a little bit you know she's got that little girl like she's she's lying in bed kind of playfully like, you know, if this was any other show, you'd think it'd be like, you know, Monster High or some shit, you know, some kind of 
girly show where she's like lying in the bed going, I wonder what Ragey's reasons are. Like, I wonder what Luke Perry's doing right now. You know, she's for like, you know, that, that, that kind of thing is going on in the background. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I I guess this is worth bringing up and, and we should probably talk about it a little bit. This episode, an all new opening sequence debuts. So I, I, I was kind of, I kind of labeled it as, I, I kind of labeled it as the tournament saga opening. And I know Mike's going to beat me with a, a silver spoon over my head because you know it's not the DBZ tournament saga, but <laughs> it is a tournament saga. But I'm just curious what your guys' take on the the new opening. Like for me, I think it's one of those things where I'm, I, I probably just got used to the the regular opening. So now I'm going to be like, oh man, now I have to get used to like another opening again. But uh, what about you guys? I know you may have seen more episodes than I have. Like, what do you think about the opening? Are you used to it? Are, do you think you're going to get used to it? Yeah, I, got I mean, used to, I got used to like being at work and being there, like doing my job, and in my head being like, you know, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is catchy. Yeah, yeah like I, I mean, what do you call it? It pretty much accurately covers like the rest of the show, pretty much. So you know, a little bit of foreshadowing and stuff, and it, I mean, it covers all the important characters, and you know. It's. I think the first opening is more, I guess, iconic or whatever, and more indicative of the show as a whole. But this, you know, this one wasn't too bad. I mean, it's catchy still. It's got some great visuals. Yeah, I, I think it kind of moves away, like personally, from like the more gunpla look of the first one. And this is more like you know, kind of like a standard Gundam opening, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, what about you, Justin? Like, do you have any immediate first impressions of the the new opening we're seeing? Um, I kind of like Tony. Like, sometimes the lyrics will get stuck in my head at like bad opportunities. Um, so I think I like like the lyrics better. But I think that, you know the first opening is kind of like more iconic. Like, I think I like the first one better. Yeah, it definitely. This one seems like Tony said a, a lot more like a standard Gundam show opening. Yeah. Okay. It's so, got, it's so got, I should. I, I guess I should bring up just to be informative. It's got a, a couple uh, homages to like uh, other Gundam openings in it. Like the the scene where like the Starbuild Strike and Isla's like Cubile are like grappling and stuff. That's directly taken from Gundam Wing's second opening. With the the wing zero and the epion, which are struggling exactly like that, pretty much. And then uh, at the very end, when the camphor amazing and the star build strike both like rush at each other and collide in a big like explosion, like that's taken from like double O's like fourth opening where the double O riser and the Mister Bushido's suit do the exact same thing. Who the hell is that, Mister Bushido? It's that new Allah suit. Those moves. I fought him before. His swordplay. There's no doubt about it. That's the young man I met. I thank my stars for giving me a chance to make up for these years when I've lived in disgrace. So I, I guess that basically then we get right into the ongoing world tournament saga after that opening concludes. And it, it looks like some kind of marksmanship tournament is going on. 
and we can see that Reiji is still in an arm brace, like he's still sort of wounded from from the previous episode where he got into the fight with those street toughs and basically blocked a steel baseball bat with his his wrist and stuff like that. And then uh, I was going to ask you guys about this this next like because it's like they're they're doing all these different series of tournaments leading up to you know the seventh tournament or whatever it is the seventh match, uh, but it's like. There was another thing they labeled, it was like Tamer? I don't even know if I'm saying it right. I mean, to me, it looked like they were throwing, like, Tic Tacs or gum into a basket. Like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Is that, like, a sport? Like, I tried to look it up, but yeah. I have no idea what it is. I was going to ask you about that, too. Like, I made a note of it. Like, I, I have no idea. It looked like, they looked like, like, pills or something to me. I was like, what exactly is going on here? I just assumed it was some crazy Japanese thing that we, like, we Americans are ignorant of. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I guess, I guess we, I guess we continue to be ignorant wretches, because <laughs> none of us know what the fuck it is. If anybody knows what it, what it is, it's T-A-M-A-I-R. Go ahead and write into Fanholes Podcast at gmail.com and, and, you know, educate us on, on what the hell that is, because they were, it looked like they were throwing, you know, I don't know, gum or Tic Tacs into a basket, and they filled them up, and it looked like whoever had the most in the one basket, you know, whoever, basically whoever had the most jelly beans in the fucking jar, they won, like, so that's, that's what it looked like was going on. And then, uh, I guess the, the, uh, other, uh, little mini match that was going on was a three on three battle. And this was kind of interesting because for, for me, because there's a three on three battle and, you know, one of the battles, I guess, obviously, you know, Psy and Reiji participate in and one of their, and, you know, and Mercurius, <laughs> Yeah, one of the three-on-three battles, it's like Mao was also participating and assisting him in that battle. I was just going to sort of mention that I, I really, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but one of the, the suits they were fighting against was the, the Victory Gundam, and it, it had this cool little paint job, and I guess when I when I looked it up, it's it's actually uh, homage to, I guess, the, the Zanspany mobile suit, so it's supposed to, I guess, it's a paint job from, like, a, a, another Victory suit, but, like, from one of the games or something. Oh, like was that, that the blue one? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not really familiar with victory so okay that, that that was a blue one okay i mean it's like he, he kind of does a similar move like because when when mao shoots him with the satellite cannon he, he kind of does the same like move from the the you know the the victory show where he was trying to, to defend against that beam or whatever but it's like oh, i was he, like oh he kind of wraps the light wings around himself yeah, yeah yeah that's like that's supposed to be like one of the signature moves or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I could tell, you know, uh, you know, the design's pretty obvious. Like, I guess if you've seen the show, but I was like, oh yeah, that's the victory Gundam. And then when I saw the paint job, I was kind of like, that's kind of a neat, I don't know. I guess, you know, I, I'm not super mobile suit guy, but it's like, I, I like those kind of like Titan, you know, paint jobs where, you know, it's like the midnight blue. And then this is not really midnight, but I mean, it was, it was definitely a blue mobile suit. So yeah, I was like, like oh, a that's Royal kinda... blue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, that's kind of interesting, you know, and I, I like that, the, the, the way that was designed and everything. And so I guess once the match concludes, I mean, it's one of these kind of sure thing matches, you know, obviously Sai and Reiji were going to win, and, you know, Sai thanks Mao for his assistance, and then Mao tells him, look, I wasn't doing this to be nice to you, bro, I was doing it so that uh, you guys don't lose to a stranger before I kick your ass, you know, like he's, you know, so it's this kind of, 
competitive vibe going on. You know, they, they want a chance to face off against one another in the tournament, basically as it's been, you know, since the series started. And in the background, we can see Isla's in her weird, like, uh, you know, Samus mask or whatever, <laughs> observing Metal Gear Solid Ninja outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's all dressed up, but she's still, you know, she's still concentrating on Reiji in the background and everything. And then and then we cut to you know a scene where the gang is all together, and Kosaka in China is asking Reiji how his arm feels, and he's basically saying, "Look, it's fine now." And and I I don't know. I was going to ask you guys if you think Reiji has a uh, you know super Wolverine healing factor because it was like. In in some of those fights, it's like I don't know how much time passed between those matches, but like in the opening of the show, he was in an arm brace, and then now his hand is only in a wrap. So I guess maybe you know some time must have passed between those matches or whatever. Or he's got or he's got the Wolverine healing factor. If you guys think that's what's going on, I don't know. Did you guys? What, what did you guys think about that part? I, I think they were just kind of like I don't know. I, maybe he was just wearing the wrap because it was more comfortable. I mean. I, I didn't get a sense of that. I don't know. That was just me. I, I, I think he was healing maybe normally, but that's a good point. I mean, it, it could be possible that he does have, like, you know, from that other planet he may or may not be from, you know? <laughs> right, right. I was just, I was starting to wonder because I was like, oh, it could just be that, you know, more time has passed than, than we thought, or, or, but then I was like, well, maybe not. Like, I don't know. These, these seem to be, these matches seem to be happening pretty quickly, too. So. Yeah, at least but, daily, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Kosaka is commenting that there should be eight periods in the qualifiers. And then Sai is telling her that, you know, after that, the 16 players with the most points are going to go to the finals. So they're basically trying to explain the rules for the, you know, the tournament as it progresses to us. And, you know, Kosaka is basically like, well, you know, since you guys are undefeated, you know, you've won all your tournaments like you guys, you know, Sai and Reiji, you guys are probably in the finals automatically. And Mr. Rawl basically says, look, that's not necessarily the case. Like, he he says not only, you know, Cy and Reiji are undefeated, there's also other players that to this point are undefeated as well. And, you know, it's this laundry list of, of Gunpla battle players, but there's names that are going to be familiar to anybody who's been watching this show or listening to this podcast. You know, you got... You know, President Yuki, a.k.a. Meijin Kawaguchi, fooled me with his glasses. Like, he is undefeated, right? You know, it looks like almost like they go into, like, clip show mode for some of these things where they're like, oh, here's some, here's a few clips from past episodes. Yeah, where here's Fellini doing stuff, yeah. You know? I was, and, I was and, actually and, thinking, like, you might call it, Derek, they, they went into gym shooter mode, kind of. Yeah, 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 pretty much. I mean, they're, they're going down the line basically telling you all the different characters and what their mobile suits are and who's undefeated, you know? And so you've got Majin Kawaguchi, you've got Isla Drukianen, you know, she's also undefeated. You've got Niels Nielsen, and now they're calling him Samurai Boy instead of Early Genius. So I think after his turn in the last couple episodes, maybe they're you know going to call him Samurai Boy now instead. You know, like uh, like that's better than Early Genius. I don't know, I, I, but I still like your name for him, Derek. Uh, Dickhead in the forest. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like 
We don't know how Dick Kennedy's going to be after this point. It seemed like he had some turning points in the last episode, so I'm 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 willing to be a little nicer to him, you know, like and just yeah. see see how it goes down. But but yeah, he he was pretty lame in in most of the episodes leading up to this. But uh, it looks like he had some doubt in the previous episodes. So we'll we'll see if Samurai Boy is better than Early Genius because I think Early Genius is the Dick name and Samurai Boy is the maybe redeemed name. So so we'll see what happens. And you know, in addition to that, like you guys said, you know, Mike's boy, Ricardo Fellini, is also undefeated. And then, you know, I I guess we'll call him Tony's boy. Tony's boy, Mao Yasaka, you know, who has the satellite cannon, he is also undefeated. So there's, there's a good number of guys who are undefeated. They also mention other players who we may not have all seen. There's a guy named Morris from Australia. There's a guy named Spilsman from Poland. There's a guy named Fox from Canada. And then, of course, uh, some people we have seen, the Renato brothers from Argentina, who are kind of like the Frost brothers from Gundam X and stuff. So basically what they're trying to get at is there's about 12 players, including Sai and Reiji, who are undefeated. And then the, he also mentions, Mr. Rawl, that seven fighters exist who are four points behind so it's like the guys who are doing pretty good but like Luang Delara who lost to Sai and Reiji in the baseball thing in the other episode like he's he's doing okay but he's he's not undefeated you know so there's still I, I, I will say as this as this show goes on it does remind me more and more and I hate to say this because I'm not trying to compare the shows but, you know, especially like, you know, with certain things we see in the race, <laughs> like, you know, like later on we'll talk about the race. But, like, it, it, it does have a G Gundam vibe to me with all these people from different countries and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That is true. And uh, But I guess the main point that Mr. Rawl wants to make here is that, you know, while Sai and Reiji may be undefeated now, in the seventh period, anything can happen. You know, their rankings could change. I... I I guess I want to ask this question now because I guess knowing what I know, because I've seen the episode and I imagine most people have watched this who have seen the episode, but I mean, do you think this was kind of like a hit you over the head sell? Like, it seems like they're, you know, like, because to me, I hadn't even seen the end of the episode, and, and what I had written down as a question to ask you guys is, do you think given the rules of the race, they're setting up Sai and Reiji for a loss this episode? Like, you know, like, is that something that occurred to you at this point at all? Um, to me, no. Like, the okay. way the the way it was set up. But at the same time, like, after watching it, I can see that. Like, during the episode, I didn't see it. But the way you put that and, like, you know, like, thinking back on how the episode played out, I, I could see where you would, you would think that from watching it, like, while you're watching it, so. Uh, like, I think even, like, Reiji or or even said something like their special skill is like luck. So I was kind of like, oh yeah, they'll be lucky they'll win by the skin of their teeth or something like they all. Oh okay. Yeah, it's kind of in retrospect. Yeah, it, it looks like they're really setting it up for them to lose. But like, well, I mean, I mean beyond that, like, I mean, yeah, it's like Mr. Rawl goes through all these rules. He's you know he's doing like you're saying the Jim Shooter breakdown of all the different people who are undefeated, and then they're basically like reminding you like, hey. 
you know, just just because you think it's a sure thing, it might it might not be. Like you you could still lose, you know. And then and then you know what we cut to next is Chairman Mashida, and he's freaking out because Reiji is undefeated, and obviously he has some kind of grudge against Reiji, and we don't really know the details of it, but obviously he's out to see him lose. So they call in this mercenary who is called Codename C, basically the title character here. And then we basically are introduced to the seventh period by Gunpla Idol Kirara, which to me, like, I, I know what Mike was saying, it's the Mario Kart episode, right? But, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking of it as wacky races because, you know, firearms are permitted, you know, and it's like, it's like Death Race 2000, <laughs> but with, with Gunplas, you know? Like, God like, damn it, Blue Shell! <laughs> It's like you you get a hundred points for all the old ladies you run over in the race or whatever you know like all, something like that. All it needs is like Mister Raw like in the corner laughing like Mutley or something. Yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I can't even do the the laugh, but yeah. I don't know. I can't either. Don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> we we need somebody to to cue up the Mutley laugh here. <laughs> it's like. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes me cough now. Never mind. Yeah, that, that yeah. Easy it sounds like you just smoked a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me light up one more. I might be able to do it now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was definitely at that point, I, I was seeing like all these red flags like, oh, I bet you these guys are going to lose. You know, they're going to have to be humbled like Goku, you know, losing to Master Roshi. Like there's got to be, you know, something to put them back in that underdog status. Otherwise, you know, maybe the, the next 10 or you know, 11 episodes are just going to be boring, you know? So I was like, oh, okay, well, there's going to, you know, that that maybe there's some kind of setup for that. So basically, you know, here we, we cut back to Psy, and, and you know, they, they sort of uh, announce that statement that firearms are permitted. And obviously, like, everybody listening on the TV, they, they each have their own reactions. But, you know, Ricardo Fellini's kind of like, what the fuck? Like, firearms, really? You know, like, this is something new, that that's being done this year in the race, well, you know, it's been established that Chairman Mashida is very much like in his 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 apparent like you know vendetta against Reiji. He's very willing to play loose and fast with the rules. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, at least they're 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 modifying this rule and announcing it for everyone to hear and see, as opposed to some other things that he does later in the episode. And 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 you know, Sai's not too concerned about the Star Build Strike, but he is insisting that Reiji go see the doctor. You know, he's like, get get that hand looked at, like make sure it's still okay. And Reiji first, he's like, I don't want to go to the inside. He's got this funny, like, you go now. You know, and it's like, oh, okay, I got to go. So so he basically goes to this clinic, and we see for the first time that this, this assassin, this mercenary, codenamed C, is kind of observing them via binoculars. And then Reiji, we can see he's gone to the clinic. Some time has passed, and he's exiting the clinic. And he, he basically sort of is making this, you know, expository statement aloud where he's like, my hand, it's, it's healed for good. Like, everything's okay with the hand, so that's not going to that's not gonna fuck us this episode. My hand is not going to be the cause of our undoing, you know, is basically what that's trying to tell us. And it looks like Isla has followed him to the clinic, and it looks like they're having a little talk, and she reveals, like, that she knows he's part of the Gundam you know, tournament, 
she kind of asks him why he's he's involved in gunpla battle, and you know Reiji kind of you know makes the comment that he thinks it's fun, and Isla you know kind of reacts negatively to that, and you know she kind of describes it as being painful. You know she's more like this is serious business, this gunpla battle and everything. I I was just curious what you guys thought of this scene. Like, did you at any point think maybe she she was going to try to reveal to Reiji, like, who she was, or did that even cross your guys' minds? Uh, I, I thought it was too early, like, a, yeah. and it wouldn't be dramatic enough. So. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, this was just more of a building scene that, like, they have a connection, but it wasn't, like, you know, a big, like, you know, this is who I am thing, you know. I figured, if anything, she was going to try and talk him to, like, leave the tournament or something. Like, okay. Yeah, it, it, yeah, just like, yeah, more character building between those two, yeah. So, uh, in terms of it being, like, drama or, or what you expected or what you didn't expect, like, do do any of you guys hold that against her? Or you're just kind of like, ah, it's just part of the story, like, it's not her fault? Like, I, I just thought it seemed interesting because it's like, she comes there to talk to him, but then not to reveal herself, only to reveal that she knows who he is. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's sort of like a one-sided exchange, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, what's up? Like, Tony, I know you're on a podcast, but I don't bother to tell you, like, I'm on a podcast. Like, like, it just seems funny. Like, like where I was like a little, like, well, what's up with that? Like, what was the, what was the point of that exactly that, you know, to, to build more tension maybe, or, you know, but I I don't know what she she was kind of, kind of left you hanging is what you're saying. No, I, I just, I, I was just wondering, like, well, what was her end game? Like, what was her goal? Like, did did she go there with the intention, like, maybe I should tell him, but then she changed her mind after she, after she got that answer? Like, it, was her decision making predicated on what he said? Do you know what I mean? Like, if he had said, oh yeah, gunplay battle is painful and it's serious business, then she might have been like, oh well, I'm in the tournament too. You should get out of it before I kill you. You know, type thing, or or was it like then when he was just like, oh no, gunplay, it's cool, man. It's it's like eating peanuts. It's fun, you know. And she's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell you. You know, maybe I shouldn't reveal what I thought not, I was going to reveal. Not not flip all our cards, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I, I just you know th- those were things I was thinking about. So I, I just kind of see that as like that's her archetype. Like I kind of see her that she's kind of like you know Elton Crow or four more. She's like the weird, irrational, like con- being controlled girl character type, and like that's you know she may have wanted to like wanted to tell Reiji you know don't do this or like you know I'm really in this too, but you know because that's her archetype she like can't speak. Yeah, that's just that is women be crazy, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Distilled down into women be crazy. What are you doing here? (laughs) What do you mean? I'm allowed in here because I'm a mechanic on this ship. That's not the question I asked. You adults always seem to give the same kind of answer. What's your relationship with Amaro? Relationship? (laughs) He's a senior officer and I respect him. That's not what I mean. I studied in India so that all of humanity can become new types and feel deeply for each other. Do you understand? That's why I have an interest in Amaro who's supposed to be a new type. So why do you keep getting in my way? I'm not. I don't care what you say. That's the way I see it. You should get off this ship right away. What do you mean? There's no way I can do that. Well then, then off! 
So I guess basically after that point, we, we get a blow by blow of all these different races that are going on. And, you know, much in the, I guess the, the Chris Claremont, Jim Shooter vein of, of, of letting your audience in on every detail. Mao wins a race. Fellini wins a race. Majin Kawaguchi wins a race. Isla wins a race. The Thai champ, Luang Delara wins a race. And Samurai Boy. Niels Nielsen wins a race, and I thought that the the horse Gundam from G Gundam was a nice little touch that that was what that, he that used. Was, yeah, I was about to say like yeah. Unsaki was there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that was kind of nice. I'm right here, Funsaki. Become my legs as we fight together. Then I, I guess uh, you know Mr. Rawl is apologizing to Kasaka because they're driving to the tournament, and he's apologizing because he overslept. And, you know, I guess he kind of blames that on his age. Basically, Kosaka asks him how old he is. And Mr. Rawl reveals that he's 35. And all I could think of is me and Tony are way older than Mr. <laughs> Rawl. But I, I was like, I don't think we'd get the same, like, oh, reaction that Kosaka gives him. Because it, it's almost like one of those things where it's like, wait, I thought you were like, you know, 50 or something. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's like the reverse. Like me and Derek get yeah. like, oh, I thought you were like a lot younger. And he's like, my God, I thought you were like 60. <laughs> yeah, he, pretty much. Like, he said 35, and I was like, oh, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess it's supposed to be like some kind of nod to Mobile Suit Gundam or something. Like that was when it, I don't, I don't know if it's the 35-year anniversary or whatever, but so, something to that effect, like, since since uh, the original I series aired. I think that, that is Ron Barol's, like, official age. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Which is still kind of weird, because he doesn't seem like that, but yeah. Well, I, I think I think in terms of, of the original Mobile Suit Gundam, that, that might be kind of valid, because I, I remember watching series like China Beach and stuff like that, and there are those moments, you know, they, they, they talk about how being like, you know, a U.S. president greatly ages somebody in their, their terms of service, but I, I think that also applies to like wartime, too, because you, you have these characters a lot of the time, and like I was thinking of like the, the one guy, Dodger in China Beach, it's like when they see him, you know, everybody's like, whoa, dude, like, you're badass, like, whoa, whoa, and they're kind of a little scared of him and everything, and then there's this kind of scene where they ask him, like, well, how how old are you? And he's like, I'm 19, but to everybody else, it was like, holy shit, he was like this adult, badass man, you know what I mean? Like, they all thought he was 30, you know what I mean? And it's like that kind of, I, I think that's the idea that you were supposed to get with Mr. Rawl, like, he seemed like, much older because of all the shit he'd been through kind of thing. I mean, at least in the original show. <laughs> He's been through the the plastic toy wars hell. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess, I don't, yeah, it probably doesn't apply too much to, to this show, per se, but yeah. He's a plastic shit. <laughs> but, but it's interesting here, because I, I was actually getting a little worried, too, because Mr. Rawl spots Codename C, this, this mercenary assassin, and he ends up telling Kosaka, go ahead, go on without me. And, like, the music, it got all super serious business, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm like, well, you know, Ron Baral dies in the original Gundam, so I was like, oh, shit, are they going to, like, kill, like, I don't know why I was thinking this, but I was thinking, like, are they going to kill him, too? Like, because like, that guy's supposed to be, like, some kind of, you know, mercenary assassin, so I didn't know what he was going to do to Mr. Rawl, so. Well, you know, Gunpla is serious business, 
It is. It is. So, so I guess, you know, finally we get to the nitty-gritty. Sai uh, and Reiji are in the ninth and final race. Now, this mm-hmm. is something I was going to ask you guys about, because I don't think I noticed all of these. Apparently, there was a plethora of cameos. Like, I did see, like, a guy who kind of looked like Chibity Crockett. Did you guys... I, I, I was about to say, can I take a Lego movie moment for a minute? Yeah, yeah. Baxter! Baxter! Motherfucking Baxter! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, obviously the there was a yeah. there was a there was a chibity lookalike driving the Maxter. But did you guys notice anybody else like to this point, like in there, terms of cameos um, and stuff? There was a Soma Pyrrhus lookalike with different hair piloting the Cario Gundam. Okay, okay, Marie? and Matt, yeah, Marie, yeah, Marie, Marie. Uh, I, I saw uh, the G Fighter uh, vehicle mode for uh, the RX seventy eight. Okay. And then I know earlier when they were doing the three-on-three battle, when I brought up the Victory Gundam, that, that bald dude with the little monocle or whatever it is, like, he's also from Victory Gundam. But, like, I was reading up on this episode, and they were talking about how there were, like, characters from Gundam Wing, and they made, like, a Hero Yui lookalike look like a girl. Yeah, she and was I, the pilot of the Mercurius in that first uh, match, yeah. You only okay. see her very briefly, but it's like a blonde I, girl wearing, like, Hiro Yui's, like, outfit. Oh, okay. I totally didn't notice that. That's why I was going to ask about that. Okay. Right, I actually pulled up the episode. I'm skipping in. I'm, like, going to see if I can see all the, uh, the gunplas here that actually look familiar. Um, Kimmy. There's obviously Bill Strike. I think they name them all when the Build Strike's making yeah, its run to the lead, pretty much. Yeah, there's like the... Let's see... Still trying for lead, can't catch up. Yeah, it just passed the... Uh, passed the flat. Oh, there's, there, there's a... Gathby and Zuda. I think those are the racers' name, though. G armor, yeah, G armor. I said the G armor was there. Um, the god awful G armor that like, I know. Tamino excised when he did the movies because he was like, "That's we, like, we don't need to sell this crap." To yeah, kids exactly. Yeah, uh, Moby Zero, Karios, and Dinjanzon, Yanzon. Yeah, the Moby so, the Mobius Zero is the thing from Seed that Mula Flaga. Like was flying in the first half of Seed, but okay, yeah, and then the, and of course uh, I won't ruin it, but his last opponent is the Buku Tank with the uh, the brothers. Yeah, that's yeah. also from Seed. So uh, basically, when the race starts, Sai and Reiji use the discharge effect on the Star Build Strike, and this kind of almost gives them like it's like the discharge effect is almost like their wings. And it, like, sort of gives them the lead because I guess it's kind of like, you know, I guess if you're going to use the the Mario Kart analogy, they used all their super boosts, like, way up front in the race so that they could get the lead. And I guess their strategy is to get such a huge-ass lead that they don't have to actually engage any of these other racers. So after that point, they figure, oh, all we have to do is drive safely, you know, not Mario Kart it off on the grass, and we should be fine. But what they don't expect is codename C interfering, and it looks like he has this Zeong sitting underwater, and it basically... Yeah, definitely a modified Zeong, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like it, it has these, you know, evil hentai tentacles, and it sucks down the star build strike, and all the announcers are like, what's going on, durr? I don't know, durr, you know. and Did obviously, they go you know, swimming, burp? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the, the chairman kind of set this whole thing up, and the star build strike's getting, you know, sucked underwater, even after he, he makes the first lap of the race. And so while the star build strike is busy dealing with this fucking Zeong cheat, it's like all the other racers are, you know, now passing him by, and now he no longer has, they, they no longer have that huge lead that they had at the beginning of the race. Including Mr. Rawl, <laughs> Including Gundam Maxter. Mr. Rawl catches up to Codename C, and he's attempting to stop him from drowning the star build strike. It looks like Mr. Rawl gets fucking owned, man. I mean, he gets punched in the gut, and he's got this big bruise on the top of his forehead and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, Codename C looks like he's going to deliver this final blow, but he catches it, and he's like, I have round the two power! I knew you that know, was fucking like, coming. I knew you were going to say round the two power. <laughs> he totally gets round, because he gets owned, and then all of a sudden it's yeah. like, fuck this shit, I'm a main character, I got round two power, fuck you very much. And he does the serious business gunplay toss, <laughs> and he tosses, he tosses fucking uh, Codename C, he breaks his little remote control for the underwater Zeong, and then, unfortunately, Codename C gets away by, like, dropping some kind of flashbang. And, you know, flashbang, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Rawl's blinded, and, you know, that's that's that. He gets away. But thanks to that, you know, Star Build Strike starts getting free, and he is now, you know, after they use their, like, super move, he's back in the race, and there's some funny clips of Miss Rinko Lori, who's watching the race, like when, when he originally gets drowned, and, and they're like, we don't know what's going on, durr. You know, of course, Miss Rinko Lori's like, what? What the fuck's the matter with you? What do you mean you don't know? You know, typical kind of want I kind of want a gif of, like, Rinko Lori, like, just, like, humping the pillow when she's watching. That's pretty nice. <laughs> I'm just and, saying, she's an attractive what? older woman, okay? She she is an attractive older woman, but I, I wasn't actually thinking of, of, of that at the moment. But Miss Rico Lori, of course, when, when the Star Build Strike gets free, like she is she is very excited, obviously, and, and is 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 exclaiming like Yes like you know he, he, Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty funny scene, I thought. A good performance by the, the voice actress conveying that kind of it's like a motherly like excitement and cheer and like of yeah, course yeah. but still happy and all that kind of stuff Just my deviant mind that's her little boy doing good i know i know yeah yeah, yeah yeah so it's like no but it was cool it was cool i mean it's a funny scene and they just like justin was talking about the whole lucky aspect to it it's like they they really bust out their effect and that you know it's like they it's basically you know all the announcers are like oh they went from dead last to like second to last to like this to that and they passed this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy and this guy and all of a sudden they're 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 in they're in second place and everything and you know it looks like they're almost neck and neck with the renato brothers but you know of course the renato brothers you know buy themselves enough time for the discharge move to sort of you know dry up basically and so they're like don't worry brother like we got this and and it's like his he you know basically his speed greatly decreases and you know they they lose the race i mean you know the the renato brothers take first and you know the the only and, thing and, i thought you know, was and they don't even cheat that's what's really cool well 
somebody cheated for them. I mean, well, yeah, like, but, I mean, we don't know that if they knew about that. So right, 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 right. But uh, you know, but they, I mean, they, you know, they try their best, but they don't get first place. I, I thought it was kind of like I knew that they were setting them up for a loss, but I, I didn't think that like because like they basically say now they're like because if you place, remember, what the fuck yeah, is that? If you remember, yeah. Rules, it's like, it's the top 16 guys go to the final round. And I was like, well, I didn't think getting second place was going to knock them all the way out of the final (laughs) round. Like, that seems like, to me, I was like, well, that's fucking, like, a little extreme. But I guess it's like, oh, now they're the underdog again and everything. And, of course, Reiji's pissed off about, you know, the Zeong and everything that dragged them underwater. But I was kind of like, is anybody going to do anything about this? You know, And, and it just seemed like nobody really noticed other than... Sai and Reiji, and then of course we get the the branch, you know, and yeah, and and Mr. Raw. It seems like after that point, you know, we get the new end credits and everything, and then it cuts to the after credits, and you know, Chairman Mishida is sitting there all giggly and pleased with himself, and then what's kind of awesome is then Reiji kicks down the fucking door, and the chairman's like, ah, you know, so I guess we'll see what goes down next episode, but I'm I'm looking forward to. uh, maybe learning a little more about what the big deal is between Reiji and the chairman. And I hope maybe Reiji like slaps the chairman or something, you know? Yeah. I, I think that was plot convenience. Cause I was like, we saw like four, maybe three races. And it was like, you're 17th now. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just like, well, how many points could they possibly fucking lose? You know, like yeah, they've kicked everybody's asses up to this point and they got second in a race. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, like, if you, you know, drama. What have you, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to go for the dramas and all that good stuff. But, uh, just just real quick, I'll, I'll let uh, Mike and Justin obviously pipe in. But I, uh, that's what's an okay episode. I don't think Agent C, to me, really came across as badass as he was supposed to be. I mean, he was cool. I mean, this was a, this was a fun episode, but... I think some of the earlier ones were better than this, and there's some after this that are really good, too. Like I said, I've, I've, I've watched up to, like, episode 19. Yeah, this one was, like, it, it was it was definitely the come down. This was, like, the Empire Strikes Back moment, I guess. You know, the the, the, the good guys lost. Holy shit, what's going to happen? And, yeah. you know, it, it was a down. I guess it was because it was a downer. That may be why I didn't enjoy it as much. But it was definitely not bad. I mean, it was well animated. The the acting, as always, is great. And the drama was there. I guess I just, I, I felt bad for the good guys, which I, was just a whole fucking point. So, I mean, I can't really bitch about that. I, I was a little surprised that, like, Mr. Rawl and Codename C actually had, like, a fist fight. Like, I expected, cool. like, yeah, like Codename C to, like, take out another, like, Gunpla platform and be like, if you want to <laughs> stop me, like, you have to fight me in Gunpla battle. <laughs> It's a serious business. <laughs> yeah. I guess it was so serious business they couldn't even stop to have a little tournament. You think you like <laughs> it, like it it would be like you know if Codename C just turned around and like shot Mister Roll or something? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> or or going even farther than that, he could have just like shot Ragey and like sigh while they were playing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, Why do I gotta fight you guys? <laughs> Uh, what do what did you what did you think, Justin? Was this like a decent episode or? I liked it. I think it was a nice uh, change of pace to see like the characters and the Gundams do something other than just kind of fight each other. Like I liked to, you know, it opened with kind of a shooting contest. Like I thought that was neat. And it was nice, uh, nice as 
as you guys said, it was nice to have kind of a Mario Kart, like crazy wacky racing thing. I'm like, I, I thought that was fun. Yeah. I, I, I did like, I mean, again, like, you know, every one of us has said this is like, one of the great things about this is if you like Gundam even a little bit, like like me, I'm not a huge fan, but I do enjoy Gundam. Like, just all the callbacks, all these, like, suits and, you know, like, even the sly little, like, you know, no, oh, this is this kind, this character, kind of. That, that, that yeah, just, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go back and look at that, because I, I somehow missed that Hero Yui thing, so I gotta, I gotta go back and look at that again. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's good stuff. I, th- I think that's why this show is, like, very accessible to us, especially because, like you know, like me, I like the older shows. I haven't watched a lot of the newer ones, and they call back to the older ones. And for like you and Mike and Justin, who watch like the newer stuff, you're like, hey, I know what the fuck's going on with these guys too. So it's like it's like it's it's callbacks all over the fucking place, and you can enjoy it if you're a fan of any era of like Gundam. So. Huh? <laughs> uh, I'm impressed. You've chalked up some pretty decent points. I knew that you'd be able to do it. It's clear that you're very good. As expected. We're all very pleased with you. (laughs) You're totally cool. Congratulations, Ace. Cool. All right. Well, I I think, you know, unless anybody else has any any comments on the episode Codename C in question, I think that'll wrap things up. I just wanted to say, do you guys like the new ending? Yes. I think I mentioned this before, but like, I don't, I, I don't get the trope of like people, usually girls, dressed up like as Gundams, wearing Gundam armor. Like, I don't get that, and I think it's weird. So I was happy to see that go away. <laughs> no, no more Ricardo Fellini's perverted dreams as the the end credits. <laughs> I, I will admit it was kind of weird seeing like Sai, like you know, in his like little fucking Gundam outfit, and I'm just like, I don't know why. That's just creepy. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, I was going to say, I like that the song is kind of, like, specific to, like, geek culture, I guess, and, like, it was, like, the song's kind of about, like, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, like, you know, don't bother me for liking something, like, that I love or whatever, even, you know, what do you call I, I forgot ex- exactly how the lyrics go, but it's like, you know, no matter how old I am, I think I'll think this stuff is cool, so... Yeah, well, well, at the end, Chris, at the very bottom, it's very small type. You see, written by Rambo Raw. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, but but I mean, as a whole, like I mean, Build Fighters is just a fun show. I mean, I I I have not had any complaints watching this series at all, and I'm not a he like I said, I'm not a huge Gundam fan, and this is just, it's fun. It's it's fun, good times. It's a good cartoon. I really hope people who listen to this are watching this with us and like get as much enjoyment as we do out of it yeah yeah i agree it's well it's it's like simultaneously like light and heavy at the same time like they they're so serious about like gumpla battle but it's like you know it's such a light subject i guess like even when mr raw like gets up and has his round two power he's like you know don't like mess with someone else's gumpla battle (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) don't insult true fighters yeah yeah but yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of thing, you know. It's like, it, it's it's just a good show. It's just really fun and like, it's very accessible. I think. I, I think even if you don't know shit about Gundam, and if you even just like anime in general or big robots, I, I think yeah, you would totally be totally into like you know Build Fighters. I think it's 
a very easily accessible show to get into, no matter your age, like you said, Mike, as far as the ending credits, or even if you don't like Gundam. It's just good characters, good writing. Cool. All right. Well, I guess that does wrap things up for this episode of Fan Hall's Mobile Suit Mondays. As always, you can find us on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you want to send us any emails, tell us what the hell that game was where they stuck the gum and Tic Tacs into the thing. You can email us (laughs) at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. I won't Um, until I know. Yeah, yeah. We're, I, I tried using Google, but my Google foo is no good because I got, like, some airline or something when I typed that in. So I, I don't know I, what. I, I, I just learned that orange Tic Tacs are not no calorie. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah. So you can also, uh, we're on Stitcher Radio. We're on iTunes. You know, please leave us reviews. And uh, for all the folks that lead us, leave us feedback on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr, all those places, like, we appreciate it. And uh, we are always glad to hear from you guys. Until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, round the two power. Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. Hey, it's Justin, and everything's going to be all right. <laughs> this is Tony and don't get involved. Hey, so. I know this one is like the, you know, mysterious gunpla fighter. This is, yeah, the Mario Kart one it was, I guess I'd call it. <laughs> I, I, I was going to call it the Wacky Races one, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Codename C, yeah. Yeah, my, my microphone volume is at max, so I don't, I don't know what to call it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, like, like right there, like when you first started talking, I heard you really good, and then you just kind of faded a little bit. I can still hear you said, you said, like, my microphone volume is up to the max. I don't know what's going on, but still at the end it kind of faded a little bit. Some kind of black magic. Some kind of goofy, weird thing. You need to put your heart in the cards, my, my it's friend. All, it's all Marble's fault. He 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 sees, like, fucking I know, stuff. he's staring into my fucking soul right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, you know why bad things happen? Because you touch yourself at night. And I'm like, ah, go away, Marbles. It's like, I'm sensing that you ate a sandwich at some point. (laughs) I'm sensing you're gassy. (laughs) Because I smell something, I'm just saying.